episode of the Comfort Monk Podcast. Um, today we brought in our friend Marshall Brown to talk to Eric Slick from the band Dr. Dog. He drums in that project and has a lot of solo records. Um, he's collaborated with his wife Natalie Press. Um, he's just a really prolific and really just exciting musician to keep tabs on with a really strong sense of humor, I would say. But, mm-hmm. uh, How'd, how'd you feel like it went talking to him, Marshall? Oh, it was awesome. He's such a nice guy. Um, uh, learned learned some things and got to talk to him, give him an opportunity to talk about um, some of his uh, solo stuff that he uh, got the impression he doesn't get to talk about it so much uh, with as much as Dr. Dog is touring. Right. Um, they were actually on their tour. Um, uh, they were playing L.A. the night um, that, that we interviewed him. And... Uh, but yeah, I got to, got to hear him talk about um, uh, Palisades, his full length that he put out a few years ago, and um, he uh, gives us some insight on the Bullfighter EP that he put out last year. It's really cool. There were a lot of things, that just from my experience with his solo records, that I was curious about, and it seemed like you guys really covered a good bit of that. Um, but I mean, outside of his solo work, I mean, I, I love Dr. Dog. You know, even those records before were great. I came in on it. Um, I guess I heard Easy Beat about the time Fate came out, and then so I had catch up to do. But right. it was awesome because I had all three of you know um, Easy Beat, We All Belong, and Fate to listen to all at once. Right. So it was cool. There's a lot of material, and then Shame Shame, the first record that Eric Slick played on, was the first one that I got to like experience it coming out in real time. I right. waited for it. And it came out. And, and those um, singles got us hyped on that one, too. Man. Absolutely. They had that uh, Shadow People and um, what was the other one called? Stranger? Yeah, yeah. Uh, both of those are just like... it's like, So it's one Toby song and one Scott song. And they're yeah. like both arguably one of the best songs from both writers. Yeah. And it's just like you knew like this is going to be a just all... All hits, no filler. I mean, oh yeah, there's that's some a great record. Great grooves on that. One thing I was telling Eric, um, it you know the drums and the bass are so big for Doctor Dog. Like oh, it's yeah. a very strong rhythm section, real I mean, groovy song. They mix bass higher than like almost any other band I know. I've Sometimes always, the bass is the top of the mix. I'm like, like uh, yeah, what's that? That remember that song, Worst Trip from. One of the earlier records. I Is that on um, We All Belong, maybe? I think so, yeah. Um, the bass is, like, hot on that, man. And yeah. that, that was, I remember that being, like, inspiring when I was growing up because I was in a three-piece at the time, so it was just guitar, bass, and drums. So, the like, we always, like, kind of put the bass really hot, too. I feel like that was, like, yeah. definitely influenced by A little Joy Division. That. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're such a fun band, man. They've been around for a long time, and they've done... A lot of really cool stuff that when they um, reimagined that psychedelic psychedelic swamp record. Yeah, which is um, a great record. Yeah, because um, I mean they they made that record before they made they made like the original version of it before they made Easy Beat. Yeah, and um, they never really saw the light of day, did it? I think that they're. I don't did know. They? Maybe there were some like bootlegs of it out there or something, but like, I mean, I think that was recorded on like waterlogged equipment and it all sounds like real wild from what I read about it but I feel like there's maybe some of those sessions have like found their way onto I don't know that that is a really cool thing that they that they redid that album because hearing it you know I heard the the new version of it you know was the first time I heard that album but that is a great album yeah it's so cool it it it, um 
it just strikes me as really inter interesting that they, well, it, it makes sense, you know, that they wanted to kind of pull that back right. and, I mean, and, that, and do that because it's a great album. Today. And it probably was, I mean, it probably was more fully realized the second time around. It's that age old thing of like, you know, an artist grows and then, and then you start feeling like, oh, you know, I could have done that better. And, and there are some instances where, you know, like bigger artists um, doing that, it can almost... It can almost be bad because you just just leave your stuff <laughs> in the past. George Lucas. But yeah, yeah, exactly. But 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 this is different because a lot of people hadn't heard that. Right. A lot of people hadn't Most heard people that. Had. Yeah. And um, outside of the band. But um, almost everyone. have you heard Midi Midi the, the what they I did? I haven't heard that one yet. They did um, that album, and I I haven't listened to it extensively, but it's really I thought that was a cool move that they did that they went and released. It's like Midi versions it's so of the strange. stuff. It's really cool. Well, that, and you talked about that Abandoned Mansion record with him as well, and I, I agree that, that that one came out just kind of out of nowhere, but it was so interesting. And, yeah. And the fact that they did just drop it with no hype, just kind of like, here it is, added to it, because it's like, man, this is what you guys, this is your bonus record? Like, yeah, yeah. This is better than <laughs> most people's, like, heavily, you know, worked on and meticulously planned releases, you know? It's like... If I remember right, they it wasn't very long after that that they put out the next like proper release too. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they just those guys do not rest on their laurels, man. They are just constantly creating, or touring, or you know. And then Eric, uh, Eric is just constantly working like on something, you know. Like he's yeah. doing so much work for other artists, you know. Like um, I saw him playing drums for Natalie Press, opening for Fleet Foxes a couple of years ago. And, like, I think he's just trying to be a really seasoned musician that's super, super versatile. Yeah. And you can definitely hear that on his solo records because he's playing so much of the music. You know, he's not just playing drums on those records. He's playing guitar and doing, like, doing a ton of arranging. And, yeah. I mean, he's a, he is a ridiculously accomplished and versatile musician. It's I was going to say, you can hear it in this interview, too. He talks like, he you know, he, he spent um, some of the time that he had off, he, he spent it studying music. Yeah, he, yeah. He went and did, like, vocal lessons yeah. um, uh, before he re released uh, Palisades. Um, he spent time. He, he he came across to me as like someone who who really um, enjoys learning. Yeah, and and is is very um, stays excited about you know keeping up his chops and, and building on his skills. He also did lessons on, just on musical composition. Yeah, and then he ended up coming out with uh, the uh, Bullfighter EP that's like a string quartet like masterpiece, and it's just like a song, a four song uh, like song cycle. Um, to, to imagine, you know, a, a drum or two, you know, just having all that music ability to be able to go to a piano, write down all these parts for this string, for these string sections and transcribe this stuff and um, and have people be able to come in there and play that. It, that it's, that's talent. Totally. It's really I mean, cool. it's always inspiring when somebody is that accomplished as a musician but doesn't use that as an excuse to lose that... Um, that motivation to continue to grow as a player exactly because yeah. you know you know anybody who who keeps that in check is it's it's a good reminder of where you want to be as a whatever you're doing creatively or otherwise you know like not not let that uh yeah. that drive to continue to grow as a player or an artist or whatever you're doing uh kind of just you don't want to lose sight of that yeah just know? to have this sense that you know 
that you don't want to stay where you're at, that you're not going to be satisfied just doing the same thing over and over again, you know, that you want to build and, and grow. That's, that's a cool thing. Totally. Well, I guess we'll get to it. Um, thanks again for coming in and talking to Eric for us, Marshall. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It, it was a, a dream come true. Absolutely, man. I, it, I had a lot of fun listening back to this one. I, I didn't get to be the fly on the wall like I normally am in the studio here. So when Eddie uh, sent me the, the raw audio just to kind of listen back, I was like, this is exactly how I hoped this conversation would go. You know, it was just like super <laughs> spirited and very like lighthearted and enjoyable. But Thanks again for listening, everybody. We're going to get to it. This is Marshall talking to Eric Slick of Dr. Dog for the Comfort Monk Podcast. Peace out, everybody. Hey, is this Eric? Yeah, this is Eric. How you doing? I'm doing good. My name is Marshall. How you doing tonight? Hey, Marshall. I'm doing well. Good, good. Um, man, that's uh, really awesome to be talking to you. Um, what what have you got going on? This is, I guess, for listeners, uh, this is Eric Slick of uh, Doctor Dog fame, and um, yeah, also got some uh, really cool solo uh, stuff that's out that I want to talk about too um, in a few minutes. Um, but I guess first off, just what's going on? You guys playing? Uh, is Doctor Dog in L.A. tonight? Did I see that on the internet? Yeah, we're at the no- we're at the Novo. Nice, nice. You excited about yeah. that? So excited! It's going to be a great show. Right on. How far are you guys into your into the tour? We are in the last week, and we've been out for a month. So I oh, am wow. cooked. Right on. <laughs> I imagine you guys been been all over on this tour. Is it or is it? Is it been uh, like we've been all over the place. Yeah, we started in Pittsburgh, and now we're in California. So that just gives you an idea of wow how far-reaching it all was. Yeah, that's really cool. Is this your your uh, first night in LA, or did you um, did you just do one one in LA? We had one night in Santa Ana, which is like about forty-five minutes away, cool. and now we're doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you like LA? Um, is, is it your style? <laughs> It's fine. It's not really my <laughs> style, uh, but it's fine. Yeah, that's cool. What's yeah. your What is your yeah. style? What's your favorite uh, like place to be at? Um, you, won't mean, hurt, we, you won't hurt anybody's feelings. No, I mean Philadelphia. I mean that's where I'm from, and that's yeah. where I feel most comfortable most of the time. Um, and yeah, just sort of a city layout makes the most sense to me. Yeah, but I I feel like I also do well in like rural places too like I, I lived in Asheville, north carolina for a little bit and that was very uh spiritually cleansing so wow yeah you know that's awesome so I'm, i love Asheville. i'm kind of down yeah you know I, I like college towns i like i like when energy in a town can be like revitalized by youth so Absolutely. sometimes if a town if a town feels stagnant i really like college towns because there's always new people coming in there's yeah. always new kinds of people um it's diverse. So I, I appreciate that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. It keeps it fresh. Uh, I love yeah. Asheville too. Uh, you know, being not, you know, it's maybe two hours from here. I actually saw Dr. Dog in, um, Asheville. I believe it was the orange peel, um, on the oh, yeah. shame, shame, shame tour. I guess that was, was that, was that your first tour with the, with those guys? Yeah. First tour. Yeah. Right on. 
Yeah, yeah that, it, that was amazing. That was the first time I saw you guys, and I saw you in Charleston, South Carolina, another time, a few years later. Um, oh, the Music Farm? Yeah, I believe that, that was Music Farm, yeah. yeah. It would have to be. That's how, basically the only place we play there. Yeah, right on. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Well, it's always fun seeing you guys. I'd love to um, get out and uh, see you soon, but it looks like I might have missed my opportunity for this tour. <laughs> oh, for but, sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we we might come fly and do a show there, but you never know. Yeah, right on. Well, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I. Uh, so you've been been with Doctor Dog since um, Shame Shame. Um, you are the resident drummer. How many albums have it been since then? It's it's a it's a good. Uh, it's been five five other albums. Uh, yeah, it's been ten years. So. Yeah. Awesome. Um, be the void, um, some EPs, B room, yeah, abandoned mansion, psychedelic swamp, critical equation. Yeah, right on. I love the uh, critical equation, it's such a good record. Um, oh, really, thanks, man. I really like abandoned mansions. I thought that was so cool. It was kind of a surprise to me when you guys put that out. I don't know if it was, um, it was that something that you guys put out kind of, kind of quick. I know it was, um, there was, there was a, a charity uh, catch to it, wasn't there? With the band managers. Yeah, the Southern, the Southern Poverty Law Center. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right on. That was really exactly. cool. Well, um, right on. Listen, uh, I, I've got some areas I kind of wanted to hit. Uh, obviously, as you can already tell, I'm a big Dr. Dog fan. I've followed um, you guys since, really since the beginning. And um, uh, it's really cool what Comfort Monk, uh, what this uh, podcast is doing, because it's hooking up um, fans. Um, with people like you and uh, allowing us to uh, kind of be at the reins and interview. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I'm not involved in the press. <laughs> so this is, right, right. I, I am, I am not an interviewer like you were a drummer. <laughs> so you'll have to excuse right. me. Um, but right, so we've been, rec- I'm assuming we've been recording. What's that now? Yeah. We've we yeah, been recording. Yeah. We're recording. Okay, good. <laughs> Maybe I should have. Okay. It, was I supposed to say that when you answered? <laughs> is that how that goes? Uh, well, some, sometimes people are like, hey, we're recording. And I'm like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> right on. Yeah. Um, but no, it's okay. We've had it rolling. It's nothing that's, uh, that's live. <laughs> okay. But, uh, okay, great. But, um, but yeah, uh, I wanted to hit on some things. Um, what's, what's your favorite uh, Dr. Dog record? Do you have a favorite? I know I, I kind of hate questions like that because I, I can't pick a favorite Dr. Dog record, but do you have one that like really just you, had, you have really fond memories of, um, you know, when it was uh, being made or, or a specific yeah, um, tour that I mean, was really uh, special to you? I mean, Abandoned Mansion is definitely the most fun to make from my perspective because it was mostly recorded live and yeah. – I really loved the songs that we were doing and it almost felt like we weren't recording in a way. Really? It was, uh, it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I I loved it. I I loved making that record and, um, I just have very fond memories of making that record. That's cool. Um, and, um, the psychedelic swamp experience was extremely rewarding. I mean, we ended up doing like a whole synchronized live show. Yeah, uh, in Philadelphia with the Pig Iron Theater Company, so that was a very like rewarding experience. Um, but yeah, I would say those two, and then um, I mean, every every album experience has a different um, 
set of benefits and a different like set of interesting things that have happened along the way and you hopefully grow from them. Yeah. So with, with every album, there's been some kind of growth, whether it was musical or uh, philosophical, you know? Absolutely. Well, that's really cool. Um, yeah. Abandoned Mansions was always a special one for me. It just has such a cool vibe to it. Um, being that it was more like, um, like a kind of a live feel. And it was a yeah. It was it it went up so fast. It was a uh, it was a fun surprise to have a, a new Doctor Dog record, and to have it be um, yeah. something that was a little different. It was, it was really refreshing. I love that album. Um, Thanks so much, man. Absolutely, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of wanted to hit also on um, just when you came into the into the group. What was that like um, coming in there uh, off of like uh, during the time of Shame Shame? Um, because I, from what I understand, you—it's not like you were a nobody before them. Were they? Did they seek you out? Were you already friends with them? How how, how was that when you when you started? With them? I was already yeah, I was already friends with them. Okay. Um, it was roughly around um, 2006. Yeah. That I became that I went to go see them for the first time, and then um, I just introduced myself. You know, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a drummer, and. Uh, uh, I I want to be your friend. I like your music. Yeah. So I went to go see them, like, who knows how many times. I think at one point I counted, and it was, like, 14 or 15 times that I went to go see them play. And uh, I just loved them. I loved everything that they represented. I liked that their only gimmick was that they were a good band. Yeah. Yeah, right <laughs> you on. You know? Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then the, the process of joining, um, hold on. It might get really loud for a second. I'll just let you know. Oh, you're fine. Hold on. Okay. Hear that? Yeah. <laughs> that's just the uh, that's the um, alarm going off at the venue that I'm playing in tonight. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm, now I now I'm in a, a calm and a very quiet place. Okay. Um, You're fine. So that's that's a great thing. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, uh, I was a friend and then, yeah, when I first joined, it was a little stressful yeah. to be honest with you. I mean, they were just on the heels of releasing fate and uh, shame, shame was about to come out and there was a lot of attention on the band. Yeah. And so I felt very stressed, you know, I was like, what am I going to do to take this thing to the next level? I don't really know. Yeah. But I eventually it, it all worked out. I mean, it was, it just, over time, the um, the fear dissipated. Yeah, as you as you just got more comfortable, kind of in your role, yeah. and, and feeling like well, you, could... you start to re- yeah, you start to realize that what you bring to the table is only something that you can bring to the table. You're no longer comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, yeah. So that's well, how it feels, you know. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's been awesome. Uh, you know, listening to your records through the years and, and seeing the the maturity and seeing the growth from album to album. Um, oh, man. For, for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the uh, Let's see here. Um, it, it, Dr. Dog, there's just, there's such a a rhythm section groove 
So yeah. talk, talking to the drummer of, of Dr. Dog is kind of awesome. You, you, you and Toby, you, you guys just really groove so good together. But you also have a really, uh, a really good voice. Do you? Um, I've been kind of checking out some, um, like a lot of your the solo stuff. Have you, um, have you done a lot of? Has your voice been a lot on on Dr. Dog? Like whether it's live or? So I know, I know. Um, from what I remember seeing you guys live. I feel like everyone pretty much puts in a lot of vocals. It seems like at least on the background work and stuff. Is that kind of a thing? Oh or? yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's definitely a thing. Um, I've only contributed a couple times vocally. I mean, there's so many good singers in the band. Yeah. That it's like, who am I <laughs> to add anything? You know? Yeah. Um, but there's been a couple instances. There's a song called Mount Slippery that was a B-side on B-Room that I sang on. Nice, yeah. Um, I've done some gang vocals with everybody on uh, the intro to Wheels on yeah. um, Critical Equation, Under the Wheels. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I've contributed. It's just uh, my own, like, musical discovery has been uh, very much on my own time and on my own terms. And I went and, like, I went and took uh, singing lessons. I took opera lessons. Which really? Was, uh, challenging and uh, an incredible experience in and of itself. Wow. Um, aside from being a drummer. I think I've been drumming for so long that sometimes I take drumming for granted. I've yeah. been doing it since I was like a baby, basically. Yeah. So, which is not to, bra- it's not to brag. It's just like my parents got me started really, really young. Yeah. And um, so over time, I've just been you know, once you get really comfortable on something, you're like, well, what's next? You know, what can I get? What, is there anything I can look at next and get better at it? Absolutely. Um, so singing was, especially over the course of the last two years, a really big, it was a really big challenge to like learn how to sing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, well, I guess it, it started, it really started in 2013 because I was like, I want to sing and I know I want to sing. And so I started taking lessons in New Jersey and then I kind of took time off from it and didn't take it so seriously. But when I started doing solo touring is when I really uh, buckled down Yeah, and, uh, you know, went out and, and went for it. Do you, do you have any plans to do any more uh, solo touring anytime soon? Or, or is it kind of something that's kind of on the back burner now? Or are you just kind of in Dr. Dog mode, I guess, getting finished up with the tour? I'm going to finish up the tour, and then I'm going to put out um, a single in May. Awesome. And there's a whole I have a whole other solo record that's done. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, if a label's going to put it out or if I'm going to put it out, um, I'm not really okay. sure yet what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, the hope, the hope is that, um, you know, somebody will care enough to put it out, but I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, the state of the music industry is very strange. So, um, um, and I'm really proud of the record I just made. I think it's the best thing I've ever done. So I'm like, just kind of waiting for the right person to come along and be, uh, interested in it. Absolutely. I'm sure you'll find someone that's going to be just as proud of it. Uh, I, that that's exciting. Um, it's awesome that you have something that's kind of ready to just kind of wait and figure out how you're going to drop it on us. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm stoked. Was um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, Palisades. Um, was yeah. that was that um, 
was that pretty much like your first uh, like full length, like solo thing that you did like of that nature when you put that out? Yeah, that was the first time I'd ever made a solo record where I sang every song. And yeah, uh, but I I made a solo record in 2013 called Out of Habit that was all instrumental guitar. And then I put out some like Bandcamp only stuff that I, you know, have taken down since there's, I put out like a, a couple cassette tapes that were like real gritty kind of lo-fi yeah. demos of songs that eventually ended up on records. Really? Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's some songs that are on the new record that, that are about to come out that are like from that time period. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I write music all the time and, uh, yeah, it's just a matter of like, you know, knowing what to edit and uh, knowing when you're done writing a song and then deciding yeah. how you're going to put it out. So Palisades was like, I'm, I got a group of songs. Uh, I finally finished them and now it's ready to go. Right on. What all, yeah. uh, what all, what all instruments did you, did you play yourself on Palisades? I played drums. I played some guitar, uh, did some Synthesizers, some modular synthesizers, some Mellotron. I played there like a lot of stuff, but That's there was really a core cool. band. There was yeah. a core band, and uh, we got it done in about two days up in uh, Washington. Really? With this next record, with the record I just did, we had a whole week, so I felt like I was living a life of luxury, having a whole week to make a record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it sounds really good considering it was all done in a week. I mean, I, I hope that we fool people. Um, I, I love the way it sounds. It, it's such a groovy, uh, chill record. Um, now the first yeah, track, yeah. the first track isn't as chill as some of the other tracks. The, um, uh, what is that? Uh, you became the light that, that is, yeah. that is such a drummer's song. What is, is that? Like a, is that like a five, eight signature? What is that? Isn't it like a five? Uh, yeah. Signature? It's like five, it's, it's five and six. <laughs> That's such a drummer <laughs> song. It's such a cool I know, song. I it, know. It's got a cool groove. Like when it goes from the, uh, from the verse into the, the chorus, it kind of like the first time I heard that, it kind of like took me by surprise. It's just a cool, it's cool the way the, the melody wraps around that, that odd signature. Oh, thanks, it's man. Really, Thank really cool. you. It, it's, it's a weird song. Uh, it's funny because like, I never, when we, we toured Palisades for a little bit and yeah. it was really hard to tour that record. I mean, it's because it is so chill. Yeah. It's like kind of hard to move the crowd. Yeah. Um, but with this new record, I, I put a lot of emphasis on making sure that it would translate well live. So I'm looking really? forward to doing some, some, some uh, dates behind it for sure. Absolutely. I can't wait for that. Can't wait. To yeah, hear. man. Thank you. Thanks. All right, on. Um, I was wondering, was there any other thing I wanted to say? I'm trying to, trying to kind of do this and kind of keep my thoughts together and not just jump all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, love Palisades. Um, last year you dropped this uh, Bullfighter, um, which is an amazing record. Um. Uh, and it's really different. Um, it's got like with, yeah. the, with the string arrangements and stuff. Um, and it, it looks, I was kind of reading about it on, um, well, you had like a little like commentary on, on the Bandcamp page about kind of mm -hmm. like the, um, of the, the content of it. Could, could you, do you, do you, uh, is it, have you 
talked so much about this before. Is it boring now? Do you would you mind talking a little bit about like the uh, like the inspiration of that album? No, definitely not. I mean, I I don't feel like I've talked about it at all. Actually, well, um, I want to I want to give you the opportunity. <laughs> I put it. Oh yeah, no, I put a lot of. Uh, effort into that that little EP. Um, so basically, like a week after we were done doing Palisades touring, yeah. uh, I just wrote a string quartet like super quickly. Uh, and there was some material that was old, like the song "Nothing Is Real" is an old song that I did a string arrangement for, and then turned okay. it into that song. Um, and That's then, cool. uh, yeah, we just like recorded all the strings in like two hours. I think. And then wow. I sat on it for a while and then tried to figure out what the um, song cycle was going to be about, what the, what the string quartet was going to be about. And I had been thinking about this phrase bullfighter for a while. And I remember like going to a friend's house and seeing a bunch of uh, matador paintings, like old matador paintings from fifties and sixties. Hmm. And that was really inspiring. And then I, was also at the same time learning a lot about my family history and learning a lot about my family's Jewish history and reconnecting with people in my family that I hadn't talked to in a very long time Yeah, and talking about sort of the religious background. Not that I'm at all a religious person. I just um, wanted to learn about it. Yeah. So um, then I looked up Jewish bullfighter to see if there was ever a Jewish bullfighter. And then it like, blew my mind what I found. I, I discovered this guy, Sidney Franklin, who was um, this American uh, matador, this guy from Brooklyn, who like was the first guy to uh, be a, a bullfighter in Spain and in Mexico. And he sort of went, went against the grain because like there was just no such thing as an American matador. And he was really the first one that was documented. And then he like uh, was friends with like Hemingway and all these like titans of the 20th century. So I thought it would be yeah. cool to sort of write songs about my own personal experience, but then intertwine them with, um, you know, lyrics about Sidney Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very abstract. Like I tried to keep it like, intertwined i know personally what everything is about yeah. and i'm going to kind of keep that close to my chest but um as far as how the lyrics and the um story plays out over the course of four songs i just uh you know well, uh, i just wanted to keep it kind of elusive and kind of abstract so that it would be a little bit more universal absolutely. i felt like if i was i felt like if i was just singing lyrics about sydney and you know, people in his life, they would just come kind of come off as like unrelatable. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's very artistically done. The lyrics are beautiful lyrics and the, the whole, Thanks. just the whole tone of it is great. It, it like, uh, just like the arrangements, even like, I, it's hard for me to even imagine the songs. They just sound like they were written for a string arrangement. I can't imagine it being like a guitar song. And then yeah, they don't the, really they yeah they don't they don't really work as like guitar songs. Whenever I do those songs, I have to do them with the string quartet. So yeah. I've kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit with that, but it's totally fine. Um, I I just um, with this uh, forthcoming record, I really wanted to keep it to a a full band kind of sound. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, doing the string quartet is so fun. And I did composition lessons for about nine or 10 years. I can't really? remember how many. Yeah, yeah. I studied from like 2008 until 2017 or 18, I think is when I stopped doing lessons. I had this teacher named Dr. Benjamin Boyle, who's like an amazing composer in Philadelphia. And yeah. he showed me the ropes. I mean, whenever I wasn't on tour, I was taking lessons with him and learning. And it was really great. You know, it kept, kept me very curious. Yeah. And that was just kind of like a, a passion project. Just just wanting to learn um, for the sake of it. You weren't, um, were you were you planning on doing a record that, you know, was, uh, you know, with string arrangements like that when when you were doing those lessons? Or is it just something that kind of happened? Yeah, I mean, it, with the lessons, I was like, it's so funny. You have to like learn so much about composing before you can actually compose something. Yeah. So there was such a long period of time of gestating and learning how melodies work together, uh-huh. how chords work together, and where chords are supposed to go. Yeah. It was just, uh, I, I was almost like, when am I ever going to write anything of any worth, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's and, what's so uh, impressive about yeah. it is is how that it does have that those songs do have so many um, mel- melody counter melody like relationships where the you know um, different lines are, are happening. That's why I guess what I meant when I was saying that it, it it it's hard for me to imagine it have being like started out like on guitar or something because it just you know I feel like a lot of people will have like a guitar song and they put strings on it, but it's not really an arrangement like that, you know. You can very much no, hear def- just chord changes no. like on a guitar, <laughs> but but it has a lot yeah, of movement yeah. in it. Yeah, I mean, I sat at the piano and then I would like write it out on in notation and then try to figure out what kind of melody would sit on top of it, and also figure out where my voice would sit in the sweet spot above a string quartet. Yeah, um, it's funny, you know, uh, every show I've done for that EP has been really fun and really different and different string players bring different energies to the songs. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's cool, man. Uh, it's so fun to play with a string quartet. It's so fun to not play electrified. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, my friend Michael Johnson ended up putting out the EP and he added a bunch of, uh, synthesizer textures to it and really made it what it is. Um, he did such a good job at sort of making it cohesive and um, yeah. a little bit a little bit more accessible. Uh, he he did a really good job. When it was just my voice and string quartet, it was really stark, yeah, and really kind of almost scary. Um, but then when he added all that texture, it made it very lush and uh, a fun listen. So props to Michael Johnson. Right on. Well, we 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 appreciate uh, what he did. Uh, yeah, and, and what and you thank did. Him, and, and and I thank him for putting it out too. Absolutely, right on. That's really cool. Yeah, I I just I thought it was a cool move. I, when I went to listen to that, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that at all. It, it immediately kind of just thinking like going from Palisades to going to uh, Bullfighter. I was just kind of just kind of put me in this space. I was like, man, that's like. It's like uh, putting out pet sounds or something like that. That change, that type of change, going from one type of production to another type of production like that. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, that's, man. That's really cool. And I want to say to anybody listening too, you got to check out Bullfighter. You got to check out Palisades. 
Um, check out Dr. Dog if you haven't heard of him. If you if you don't know who Dr. Dog is, I don't know where you've been. <laughs> but uh, lots of good material. Um, well, um, Eric, it it it's really nice meeting you. Um, yeah, man, of course. And uh, really can't wait to um to be able to see you guys play again, whether it's Dr. Dog or uh, you know, love to um see a a, a solo show. Um. Oh yeah, and Eric's yeah, yeah. show. Um, did you yeah, have man. any? Did you uh, have hopefully... any questions for me? I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no questions for you, man. I'm I'm uh, just gonna go. I'm gonna go play a gig. Right on, right on. Well, listen. Um, tell all the other guys that we here in South Carolina said hi. And of course. Um, really, really uh, can't say it enough. Really looking forward to um, what you got uh, coming around the bend, man. Really nice meeting you. And, uh, oh, thank you so much, man. And, and you guys break a leg tonight. Thank you. Right on. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to just make sure. I, you know, I, it's not every day I get to talk to someone like Eric Slick. I'm just, I'm scared. That I'm, <laughs> I'm scared that I missed something. Um, oh, well, you know, if, if you have any other questions, you can always call me back. I was going to say, we got your phone number, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, thanks, man. Absolutely. Thank you. You, you. you guys have fun tonight, all right? Thanks, man. You too. Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. This has been a Comfort Monk production.